Welcome to Faith and Science. I'm Dr. John Ashton. Just the other day, I was asked a question about dinosaurs. Um, and did the Bible talk about uh, dinosaurs? And, you know, how did that fit in with the Bible account of the, the flood? And dinosaurs are certainly a topic that I think uh, many of us are in- interested in, and particularly young children. Um, you can get all these little, uh, you know, plastic uh, models of dinosaurs and they can play with. And there's been different uh, stories uh, and movies, uh, you know, made about dinosaurs and pet dinosaurs and and so forth. Often in the movies, of course, they're called dragons. And um, some years ago, I was in Europe for some conferences and visiting some uh, universities in Germany and in uh, Sweden. And I can remember having discussions with one of the researchers um, at um, the the University of Stockholm and um, she uh, told me about some of the uh, legends or stories that uh, they have that uh, resolve around um, dragons, what were called dragons that lived in caves and that would, you know, terrorise the people. And a similar story um, uh, was told, uh, well, there were similar stories people told me in, in Germany that traditionally these stories have been passed down that in olden times um, there'd been these dragons that lived in caves. And essentially I guess they would certainly fit the description of giant lizards uh, and we know that there were giant lizards that lived in the past and these sort of animals would most likely uh, live in a cave. And uh, again, just um, a, a couple of months ago, I was in um, Prague and in when you go up into Prague Castle, in the central courtyard there is um, a picture um of, uh, I guess, it's St George killing a dragon. So the, the, you know, the concept of dragons is very much in the, in the literature. So, uh, it, uh, and, um, you know, the history of peoples and, and stories around the world, you know, but particularly in China and these places, um, there are a lot of uh, accounts there. But I was interested, as I read in the um, Bible... In uh, Genesis there, as it talks about on day uh, 5, chapter 1, then, um, and God said, Let the waters bring forth swarms of living creatures and let the birds fly above the earth across the firmament of the heavens. So God created the great sea monsters and every living creature that moves with which the waters swarm according to their kinds and every winged bird according to its kind. And it goes on, and that was the, uh, f- the, the fifth day, reading from Genesis chapter 1, verse 20 there. And, of course, many of us will be um, uh, familiar with the accounts in, in, in Job, and uh, there's a, a couple of um, uh, descriptions there we find um, in Job chapter 40, um, 
this is God talking here, and he says, Behold, behemoth, which I made as I made you. He eats grass like an ox. Behold, his strength in his loins and his power in the muscles of his belly. He makes his tail stiff like a cedar. His sinews of his thighs are knit together. His bones are tubes of bronze. His limbs like bars of iron. He is the first of the works of God. Let him who made him bring forth, uh, bring near his sword. For the mountains yield food for him, where all the wild beasts pay. Under the lotus plants he lies, and covets in the reeds and the marshes. And uh, it goes on there about this um, uh, this particular creature. Behold, if the river is turbulent, he is not frightened. He is confident, though the Jordan rushes against his mouth. Can one take him with hooks or pierce his nose with a snare? So, um, and then in Job 41 we read, Can you draw out a Levithian with a fishhook or press down his tongue with a cord? Can you put a rope in his nose or pierce his jaw with a hook? Um, and so it goes on there talking about these creatures which seem to be quite big. I know some people think maybe the Levithian was a crocodile, but I think um, you know, crocodiles were quite common in the, um, in, in the Nile and uh, around. And, and we know, you know people certainly, you know, very strong men. Uh, and armed with a knife would you know probably deal with and, and wrestle with the crocodile unless it was particularly you know big bum but even with, with spears uh, they would um, kill a, a crocodile I've seen a model of a 26 foot crocodile up in, um, in the northern part of Australia uh, there and they were certainly a, a very a very big animal I've also seen a, um, a video that was made by um, an Australian gentleman that uh, took his family and travelled across Australia diagonally up to the Gulf Country and he uh, made up a, a harpoon situation with his old three hundred three Army rifle where he took out the bullet from the cartridge, just had the cartridge in there and he had a length of, of steel that he would push down the barrel and uh, tied to that... Um, length of steel rod was a, a cable and he videoed uh, harpooning a, a crocodile which towed him in his uh, aluminium boat uh, for quite some time before it uh, tired and um, the, the, the crocodile was um, quite a bit longer than his uh, 16 foot boat even though it had a large section of its tail missing, it had obviously bitten off, been bitten off by another crocodile. And I think um, when you saw the the size of the beast next to the boat, it was it it was huge. It was um, so a crocodile in its uh, twenty feet or you know over twenty feet is a very very large animal. But nonetheless, um, you know humans would be. Uh, willing to take those animals on. The the concept of uh, dinosaurs, though, and the giant fossils that we find, of course we, we find the remains of the animals like Tyrannosaurus rex and some of these really huge um, uh, dinosaurs. Uh, we know they exist in the part, and there's a number of issues. You know, 
were they taken on the ark? Um, did they survive after the ark? These are these are the questions, and I think it's important to have a look and, and look at what uh, evidence we um, have uh, today uh, for them. There were some giant bones that uh, were, you know, first uh, reported scientifically back in the sixteen um, hundreds, but um, it's uh, uh, probably not until the eighteen hundreds, really, that um, we really think of uh, you know dinosaurs being thought of as as dinosaurs. But uh, uh, Dr. Robert Plot found huge bones and reported that back in uh, sixteen seventy seven. But at the time, they were thought to belong to either a giant human or a or a giant. Um, Elephant, and uh, but it was in 1822. Uh, a lady, Mary Ann Mantrell, was walking through um, a country road in Sussex, England, and according to uh, the story, she found a, a stone that glittered in the sunlight and showed it to her uh, husband that enjoyed uh, collecting fossils. Um, he was a uh, physician and he noticed that the stone contained a tooth similar to but much larger than that of modern reptiles. Um, and he concluded they belonged to some sort of giant extinct plant-eating reptile. And in 1825 he uh, named the, um, the animal that he believed the tooth uh, belonged to an inguagodon. Uh, meaning in a tooth, and so um, that more or less began the the age of the uh, the, the giant uh, reptiles. But the dinosaur, the Bible certainly uh, represent um, uh, records accounts of of jar of large um, animals. I guess um, from what I've read, it, it wasn't till uh, the 1840s that the word dinosaur actually was used. It was, uh, I understand, first coined by Sir Richard Owen, a famous uh, British amateur, uh, atomist rather, and the um, first superintendent of the British Museum. And it's interesting, he, um, according to what I've read, was a very staunch anti-Darwinist. And on his view, the bones of the Iguagodon and the uh, Megalosaurus uh, that he found, he realised that these represent a unique group of reptiles that hadn't been um, classified before. And uh, he coined the, the term dinosaur, uh, meaning terrible lizard, on the basis of, of these bones. The Bible... Um, mentions and talks though about dragons. So it doesn't talk about dinosaurs because the the word was really coined um, you know af- well after the uh, King James version of the Bible was uh, translated. but we re- as I read out in Genesis uh, chapter 1 verse 21, the Bible says, and God create the great sea monsters and every living creature that moves with which the water swarmed after their kind now, um, my understanding is the Hebrew word here 
for sea monster, which is translated whales in the King James Version. But it's actually a word that is elsewhere in the Bible translated dragon. It's the Hebrew word tannin, T-A-N-N-I-N. So in the you know this uh, Genesis, the uh, the first book of the Bible here, God may actually be describing to us the great sea dragons that uh, we know um, certainly exist in the past. There are other passages in the Bible that um, talk about these dragons that lived in the sea. For example, in Psalm 74.13, we read about the dragons in the waters. In Isaiah chapter 27, verse 1, we read, And he shall slay the dragon that is in the sea. And so here again, we very interesting that the Bible talks about these uh, animals and that the, the Bible has this word um, that is translated dragon. So it doesn't use this word dinosaur. And, of course, um, dinosaurs um, were strictly, uh, I suppose, re- should refer to le- the land-dwelling animals. So we had sea reptiles or reptiles and there were sort of flying reptiles as well that are often grouped with the dinosaurs. The the sea dragons could have included the dinosaur-type animals such as uh, mon- uh, Mosasaurus. Now, I read also out um, about in Job 41 there, this, uh, the Leviathan. This particular creature uh, may have been, you know, one of the... Um, Giant sort of reptiles. There was a reptile um, that lived around 12 metres, 40 feet. The um, the Sarcosaurus imperator, uh, or nicknamed um, uh, a super croc. And uh, there was a, a another giant uh, reptile, two grew to 25 metres uh, or 80, 82 feet. Uh, the Liop Lepidon. So there, there were certainly some, you know, really giant reptiles in 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 the past. Isaiah also in uh, Isaiah chapter thirty verse six mentions uh, the fiery flying serpent, and we don't know what that uh, could be. Yeah, you know, some people say maybe it was a some sort of pterodactyl all these things. But um, the the book of Job was obviously written after the flood. We also read Job talks about the uh, behemoth, which I um, uh, read out uh, earlier there in Job chapter uh, 40. So one of the commentators points out uh, first of the ways of God, that phrase suggests that this was the largest land animal that um, God had uh, made. And um, so, you know, I mean, some some people have said, oh, no, it was hippopotamus or an elephant, but, you know, a tail like a cedar, sift tail like a cedar. Yeah, so the description really doesn't fit that. It Rather, in my view, it, it fits, uh, you know, one of those really giant... Um, dinosaur-type animals that um, existed at that that time, maybe a brachiosaur, 
one of those sort of uh, animals that you see. They have the very long neck, big body and a very, very long sweeping tail. And, of course, they're a vegetarian animal, I think, from memory. Uh, they're believed to be. Of course, the Bible talks about these dragons, but there are other stories. There's the... Uh, in the... Um, there's the Sumerian story, which again dates back to about 2000 BC, which tells of a hero named Gilmesh, who when he went to fell cedars in a remote forest, included a huge vicious dragon that he slew by cutting off its head. Um, another interesting account is... Um, is when uh, Alexander the Great in about 330 BC and his soldiers marched into India. They found that the Indians were worshipping huge hissing reptiles that they kept in caves. Um, And, of course, if we go to China, uh, there's sort of pottery and embroidery and carverings that um, display dragon-type Um, you know, monster-type animals. In Europe, um, particularly in England, we retain the story of St George who slew the dragon, a dragon that lived in a cave. And there were, you know, other other stories that fit that of similar scenarios in in other locations. And I was quite interested one time uh, when uh, I was staying in a motel and uh, got uh, onto one of the documentary channels that they were recovering the the head of a giant uh, marine uh, lizard off an island in the sea near the North Pole. Uh, these were researchers from the University of Lund, and they could uh, I can remember they could only work for a few I think it was one or two weeks in the year. The ice was thin enough, and the conditions were suitable enough for them to get machines there to be able to dig the ice away and to uh, get this um, large reptile head. And from from memory, um, the head of the reptile was about, you know, two metres. It was a giant, had a giant head. And that was one of the things that they were want to uh, to bring back and they bring back. And uh, later I read the report where they found soft tissue um, and uh, blood, these sort of uh, tissues in the remains. And when the soft tissue remains were dated, they came back at about 24 or 26,000 years, something like that. Now, when we date the indigenous, um, you know, ash remains, some of the old fires and these sort of things in, in caves, for example, here in Australia, we often get dates you know, around 40,000 years supposedly. So this is a much younger than, than that. And of course, when we correct these carbon-14 dates that come back, you know, 25, 40,000 years, need to remember that they're based on a carbon-14 standard that, uh, from, from memory, I think was set about 1950, based on the carbon-14 levels in the atmosphere. Now, in, in the past, the carbon-14 levels, we believe, would have been much lower for two reasons. One reason is that uh, carbon-14 is produced by the Earth's, by cosmic rays hitting the Earth and the cosmic rays hitting the Earth, we believe, would have been much less in the past because the Earth's magnetic field was much stronger in the past from data that we have that it's been steadily declining. 
and the Earth's magnetic field making it much stronger would have repelled cosmic rays, which meant there would have been a lower starting point of carbon-14, which artificially inflates the ages. So when we uh, correct for this, I mean, we can't correct exactly because we don't know exactly what the carbon-14 content was back there. Also, we believe there was a lot more carbon dioxide in the atmosphere that was uh, later trapped as uh, coal, for example, during the flood and limestone, these sort of things, which would have contributed to um, diluting, again, the, the carbon-14 in the atmosphere. And again, these all tend to make the ages artificially older. So when we correct and attempt to correct, make estimates for that, it, it uh, brings those ages back down to, you know, only, you know, four or 5,000 years ago. So this is very realistic. What are the It means, in my uh, view, that... We have, you know, direct evidence that these giant lizards lived at the same time as humans, and that would certainly fit the stories that uh, were recounted of old. That you know, there were these giant lizards that lived in caves that you know people had to be pretty wary of. There's even a a tenth century account of. Um, what appears to have been a, um, a, a of an Irishman encountering what appears to have been a, a Stegosaurus, um, and uh, in the 1500s, a European scientific book called Historia Animalium listed several living animals that, from the descriptions, we would call dinosaurs, and a well-known uh, naturalist of the time, Ulysses. Uh, Aldrovandus record an encounter between a peasant named Baptisma and a small uh, dragon that fits, um, and the description would fit a small dinosaur. People suggest might have been a, a Tani uh, Rophius. I'm not very good at pronouncing these names. It's a T A N Y S T R O P H E U S. And uh, that encounter was reported to have occurred in uh, 1572 in Bologna in Italy. And the peasant killed the dragon at the time. Um, There's also been drawings found of uh, dinosaur creatures have been reported in different places. So we certainly have evidence that the dinosaurs may have survived up until a certain up until reasonably recent um, uh, times. And this certainly f- uh, fits when we think about, you know, well, were the dinosaurs on the ark? Well, um, there were only about 50 different kinds of dinosaur. Now, what we mean by kind is this is a, a animals that can interbreed. And so earlier on, we believe, of course, that from the Bible account, when God first created some of the animals, there was a lot of genetic diversity built in to the codes back at that time. And that was probably part of the plan. As the animals uh, bred and developed, they, um, the different um, DNA would have been uh, manifested uh, to be used different variations in the animals. And, of course, as these bred amongst themselves, then we had the um, a bit more of what we call today speciation. But when we look at it, 
there's only about 50 different kinds of dinosaurs. And, and a lot of these dinosaurs were actually quite small. We tend to focus on the great big ones. And it could be that uh, even for the bigger variety, uh, juveniles were taken on board. You imagine, you know, where a crocodile can grow, you know, 25 uh, feet long, um, you know, six, seven metres, eight metres long. But you, you could take a, little, a couple of little baby crocodiles on that were only... Um, you know, 600 uh, millimetres long, two feet long, and uh, and keep those. And then later when they're released, they grow up and and um, and become the, the, the bigger animals. Of course, they just slowly grow over time. And the same with the dinosaurs. You could have a couple of little uh, Tyrannosaurus rexes and all these other very interesting ones that we tend to see um, in the models. So it's very, very feasible um, to have the dinosaurs on the ark and that the dinosaurs have, um, you know, survived certainly uh, after the flood, it would seem. But again, dinosaurs being, um, you know, the sort of thing if they'd be threatening to animals and livestock, so humans would certainly wipe them out. If people want to read more about um, dinosaurs, there's... Um, Quite uh, good information about dinosaurs on the website creation.com. So just Google uh, creation.com. Another website uh, that has quite a lot of information about dinosaurs is called Answers in Genesis, all one word. Answers in Genesis, all one word. Just Google that. You'll see their website will come up. And um, they and just enter in the search engine dinosaurs and uh, information about that. There's also uh, the Geoscience Research Institute, which is based at Loma Linda University. So if you Google Geoscience Research Institute, three separate words, the information um, that their website will come up um, at Loma Linda University in the United States. They will list a, a number of different um, topics um, uh, down there and if you look uh, uh, under paleontological uh, toli- uh, topics, uh, you'll see a section on, on dinosaurs there. On, uh, that's very good. There's also the Creation Research Society, CRS, Creation Research Society. If you Google that, uh, their website will come up and they have um, information there. So there's quite a bit of scientific information out there about dinosaurs and the Bible. Uh, of course, if you want to re- uh, listen to these uh, programs, remember you can Google 3ABN Australia, all one word, 3abnaustralia.org.au, and click on the Listen button. And uh, this and other program will, programs will come up. You've been listening to Faith and Science. I'm Dr. John Ashton. Have a great day. You've been listening to a production of 3ABN Australia Radio. 